All right, everybody, welcome to the ATB podcast. I am your host, Salote Kifle. Today, I have a very special guest and a very gracious guest. Um, we had some technical difficulties last week, but he agreed to come on the show one more time. And so, without any further ado, I want to introduce Pastor Stephen Rodriguez from San Jose, California, the pastor of the Family Church. Brother Rodriguez, so good to have you on. Amen. I'm glad to be here. So why don't you start with a brief introduction of um, your personal life, your ministry, your secular background. I know you have a background in information technology. And then tell us also a little bit about what you're doing at um, Urshan um, Graduate School. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, my name is Pastor Stephen Rodriguez. I pastor the Family Church of San Jose. We are uh, affiliated with the Apostolic Assembly of the Faith in Christ Jesus. Um, we have been here for over 50 years. My grandfather was the original church plant, started with 10 widows, had a Bible study <laughs> and uh, in Mountain View, and then grew it, and they brought it to San Jose. He pastored here for 25 years. Um, my father pastored it for about 23 or 24 years, and now I have been the lead pastor. This June will be eight years, so we're doing good. Uh, as you mentioned, I come from a professional IT background. Um, after Bible college and everything, I, I came home to San Jose and I went to a technical trade school where I learned computer networking and um, became a computer engineer. And uh, I've worked in the Silicon Valley for the last 20-something years. Um, I've worked for Salesforce, Yahoo, um, Cisco Systems, um, uh, a bunch of other ones, California Blue Shield, LinkedIn. Uh, and the Lord called me to full-time pastoring about just about two years ago. And so here I am, and I've taken this opportunity to repolish the academics and go back to graduate or go to graduate school and so now I'm about halfway through just finishing up a, a course here and I'll be about halfway done with my master's degree in um, pastoral counseling. Awesome wow um, yeah I just remember even last week when you were telling me your resume is pretty impressive and then also now you're continuing your education on top of full-time pastoring um, so we're, um, that's very commendable because I know a lot of people don't don't make the effort to go uh, to go to school even after they've gone, um, and so I think that's awesome. So one of the things that I've noticed, and um, it always comes to my mind when I think of a Bible study teacher. I, there's several people who come to mind, but you're one of the first people that comes to my mind. And you've been a very consistent Bible study teacher. I've seen even the pictures on your Instagram that you post of the Bible studies that are ongoing. And um, I know you have a specific approach, and we talked about it even last week. But tell us what um, your Bible study, Bible study journey has been like, where you started, and the things you've learned, and kind of what is the routine you've developed now. Well, it all started when I was a young person. Uh, my father instilled in me, uh, my father, Pastor or Bishop Joseph Rodriguez, he, 
he really emphasized the Bible study, soul winning to myself and my brother. Um, you know, he, he taught us first how to give Bible studies to chase souls, not pulpits, uh, Amen. And, and not mission. And if anything, be knee deep in, in Bible study, soul winning, discipling. And so that's kind of where my grassroots are. And I would really um, caution anyone to uh, not chase and not, I mean, I don't know how to, other way to say it, but just those same excitement that you have that when somebody calls you to preach, you should have that same excitement when somebody says, yes, I want a Bible study. Wow. And your soul should light up. And so my journey has been that. I've gone through many different iterations of Bible study books, pamphlets, and, and I've developed my own style, my own technique, and uh, I, I'm loving it. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, I don't want to say I'm having success, but uh, you know, certainly there's been some that we've baptized or we haven't gone, we have not, we never finished because they either uh, stopped coming to church or started ghosting me, as the kids say, and uh, certainly, certainly that happens. Um, but um, you know, you, you got to keep swinging. You got to keep swinging. Yeah. You do not let up. That's one of the things that comes up whenever I talk to Bible study teachers, and that is. You know, people think I'm going to go teach a Bible study. And then after the first round of uh, lessons or the first lesson, you know, they're going to want to be baptized. And a lot of times people can set themselves up for um, there's a little bit of unrealistic expectations. And so because people don't understand that it's a it's a lifestyle and that there's you know, you're going to, you're sowing seed, right? So there's the, the parable of the good ground um, and then yeah. the stony ground. So some people are not consistent over a long period of time because they get discouraged in one particular dry season. And I think the real challenge of a Bible study teacher is to be instant in season and, and out of season. So what would you say has been the... Um, the driving force behind continuing to teach Bible studies over such a long time? Uh, well, first, first I want to mention that the Bible study, you know, what makes us consistent is the material doesn't change. Right. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, it does not change. So, um, you know, what's consistent is the studies themselves. And, and you know, God gives you some ad hoc applications and you, you know, different people call for different storytelling, but, um, the drive, the, 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 the desire to win souls. Uh, when, when I see somebody come to the church, I mean, obviously you, I mean, in a perfect scenario, they, they come, they see, they like, they have a study, but most of the time people don't come to church for the first time and get a Bible study the next day. That, that hasn't been my experience. Mm -hmm. Usually it takes, uh, it takes friendships. It takes building bridges. It, it, you, you know, you got to just greet people, love people, and, uh, you know, show genuine love for them. And, and uh, soon enough, the Lord is going to work. And, and um, that's been, I would say, what's been consistent for me is building bridges with people. And, and that's how the Bible studies kind of develop and flourish. And certainly them coming to church is like fishing trout in a barrel. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're coming. They're, they're coming. I mean, my Bible studies are not from 
you know, I, I've never met anybody off the street or at Starbucks and said, hey, you want a Bible study? Yeah, let me, I mean, I know you do, uh, you know, I, I think I've seen on your Instagram that you do like a survey and, uh, and that looks pretty neat and I'd love to give that a shot. But my testimony has been, they come in, a love, genuine love for people, wanting to connect with them. And that's been my staple. That's been my sweet sauce, I suppose. Yeah, and I would agree. So the survey thing is something I've got back into recently only because um, I, I was in a um, pastoral context. Now I'm in an evangelistic context. And so um, Bible studies are different for me now. I'm actually still trying to catch my rhythm as an evangelist because it's much different than, um, than the pastoral um, context. And so you're moving, you're, you know, you might not be somewhere, but you might get a contact. However, mm -hmm. I do, I do believe that the bulk of Bible studies in my experience do come directly from the church in the sense of it's people who come to church and then get in Bible studies. I mean, in a perfect world, that's what, you know, <laughs> um, I yeah. think that's what happens that's what should happen, and that's what does happen, actually, a lot of places that I go. Um, Brother Prado, who's kind of like my Bible study mentor over the years, when he first planted mm -hmm. his church, um, I think about seven years ago, he went out. I mean, we pounded the pavement, and he got contacts. But basically, there's been a constant residual of contacts that came through the first wave of contacts. And so... You can actually develop a Bible study lifestyle that kind of just feeds on its own energy, you know. Um, and so you don't always have to be out there getting a fresh contact. Anyhow, I know you have a special approach. And I know you mentioned to me that you have a Bible study program that you're, that you're working on. And it's kind of a fusion of... Bible study and marriage counseling. Tell us a little, a yeah. little bit about how that kind of came to um, started bubbling up to the surface in your in your uh, workflow. All right. Well, first of all, uh, shout out to you for your graphics and your work with Pastor Prado. Uh, Learn Scripture is phenomenal. My church uses it as our discipleship. We, I have learned and found out the hard way that church people that have been going to church for 10, 15, 20 years are biblically illiterate in some cases. Yeah. So that your study is really helping troll the ground and get that going. But um, so my style or my approach right now and something that I talked to you last week about that I'm developing, um, you know, I'm getting ready. I'm jotting down ideas and I'm getting ready to write some studies uh, geared towards covenant. Um, when I went to Urshan Graduate School, uh, Biblical Interpretation with Dr. Norris, I kept reading and hearing the word covenant come out, the word covenant, covenant, covenant. Uh, and, and even in other classes, uh, in the books, the scholarly writers, they, they, they use the word covenant a lot. And so I started to examine, you know, understand that the Bible is a book of covenants. Right. God, God, God wants to be in covenant with humanity. He had it in the Garden of Eden. Man cheated on God. 
and he broke that covenant and we entered into sin and then later he reestablished covenant with Abraham and and, and really Covenant is nothing more than uh, an agreement between two people. Uh, and so what I've done is I fused uh, the illustration of marriage to covenant. And, and basically that's what biblical covenant is. It's marriage. Uh, he was married to Israel. Israel cheated on him. Right. Yeah, you can read about throughout all the, the minor prophets, major prophets. They cheated on him. He told them, hey, you're going out, you're primping your hair, you're getting all dolled up. You're going out and looking for lovers, and you cheated on him, and you broke that covenant. And so God wanted another covenant, and so he came to the Gentiles. And, and uh, there's a beautiful story there about basically in uh, Jewish rabbinic uh, storyline is that God married Israel at Mount Sinai. So I took that approach and said, you know what? God wants to be in covenant with you as an individual. So what I do is I liken the pre-baptism studies to premarital counseling. Uh, I explained to them that God wants to be in covenant and this is what you're getting into. And after after you have that ceremony, your baptism, there's going to be some post-marital uh, counseling. And that's where the lifestyle of holiness and the, basically the expectations. And the way I explain it to the Bible study receiver is very simple. Um, we in a marriage covenant, you have you you can't go into the marriage with the expectation or or with the idea of what's the least can, that I can do and still be married. Yeah. No, nobody goes into a marriage saying, "Okay, how many nights can I sleep in another house? How how many nights out of the week can I be with another person?" The answer is no, uh, obviously. And in the same way, when you get into covenant with the Lord, new covenant, as we're commencing tomorrow night, you know, the uh, the Last Supper, uh, you're getting into a covenant with, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He doesn't just want to be Savior. He wants to be Lord. So when you explain it through that lens, they really understand it and grasp it and understand that this is a commitment. And that's so important because what's missing so often from a lot of people's even nominal Christians just really don't understand the seriousness of, of what it means, you know, to be entering um, into the body of Christ, right? And the body of Christ collectively is, is the bride of Christ. And to be entered into that covenant um, is very okay. serious. But I like, I like it because you're also, you know, if you get a couple, man, you're just killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> And yeah. you're you're addressing, you know, the real concrete marriage between a man and a wife that's sitting in front of you. And then also you have the theological ramifications um, of living in a covenant relationship with God. And I think that's awesome. It's a, it's a very pastoral approach, and I, and I, I really like it. Um, so you ha you've developed kind of your own approach. Um, I... I Whenever I meet or I find out a pastor is working on a Bible study, I, I put them on a small short list in my in my mind that every few months I'll I'll call or email or text them and and, and ask how things are going. So I'm going to put you on that list. So, <laughs> but one of the things that uh -oh. um, one of the things that I want to do is promote kind of the homegrown Bible studies um, on our mm -hmm. All Things Bible Study page, and so. 
I know you've talked about kind of the homegrown aspect. I don't mind things that, that have kind of the committee, um, you know, fingerprints of lots of people on them, but there is something really special about the homegrown um, kind of like guerrilla warfare, you know, church Bible study chart. <laughs> uh huh. So why, why do you, why do you kind of tend to gravitate towards, you know, uh, learn scripture was kind of like a homebrewed Bible study, but, um, what have you used in the past and why do you gravitate towards uh, learn scripture? Well, um, let's see, I've used all sorts of stuff throughout the years. Um, in our own assembly, we've produced material. I think Bishop Adam Lopez, he had Bible study series that he developed and grew the church in uh, the church in Union City with back in the 70s and um, search for truth. Like I said, learn scripture uh, there. I think my 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 I think I've taken from I think it's called effective soul winning was Bishop Adam Lopez's mm -hmm. studies. And I've I've taken that evolved it, and, you know, you've shaken it and you've. Uh, you know, you've glossed it up with your own fingerprint, and I don't even know if it's that anymore. I mean, I I know, I mean, within three last, I mean, the death, repentance, the need of a savior, um, the water baptism in Jesus' name, and, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, the, I mean, that's one, two, and three. I, I yeah. don't think it gets any more basic than that. So, I mean, I, I work off that. I think there was a, a Bible study, a big, thick Bible study. Uh, thing that I bought off the WPF website by Carlton Kuhn. Yeah, I think his name yeah I've seen that. Um, I've seen it. Um, that, that, that book is gold. Mm. That, 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 I mean, that is discipleship. That is so, I mean, it, it is thick. So I'm grabbing from anywhere and everywhere that, that sticks. And, and I've, you know, like I said, I, I, I love, I mean, the Bible studies don't change. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, once you memorize the scripture, once you memorize your your Bible chart, I mean, where you're going, I mean, it's like a clock. I I I, I don't want nobody to take this the wrong way, but I don't really have to study. Yeah. I pray for the souls. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the scriptures themselves. And that's something that's something very important that you mentioned is that like the material really doesn't change when you're teaching the basics. The basics really don't change, and so. Even if you've used a ton of different Bible studies, I think you're mm -hmm. right in that you actually kind of tend to internalize the formats. You know them all really well, and you brush up on them for the most part. But it's not like you know you're studying for you know a class at Urshan Graduate. <laughs> it's really yeah. basic. You're right, and the material doesn't change. But you did mention you know praying for the Bible um, for the Bible study student. And I think you mentioned this last time we spoke, you said that your, um, was it your grandfather who would fast uh, before every single Bible study? Uh, my, my grandfather's brother yeah. who shares the same name, Stephen Rodriguez, he, 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 to his credit, he's won over 200 people to the Lord and is throughout his life. Wow. And that's what he taught me. That's what he taught me was to fat. I mean, he also taught me to give Bible studies with somebody else, like a mm -hmm. team, um, sometimes that doesn't work out because I'm a pastor. I, I'm mobile. I, I mean, organic. But one thing he did tell me was the spiritual warfare behind it, and he taught me how to pray, intercede before the study. Yeah. That that all uh, that that whatever environment you go to, that God will prov basically the distractions. You know, Lord, shut the mouths of the babies. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, let no siren run by the house. 
let there be a, a clear path of instruction. So just those little things that you, you overlook and you could pray those things away. Yeah. Really. Lord, let the TV be off when I get there. You know, it's like, let no distractions, <laughs> no radios, no, you know, um, no loud music. And, um, you know, something interesting that I'm thinking about is just the, you know, we don't, we don't really think about the spiritual warfare that is actually happening when we're teaching Bible studies. You know, we talk about taking territory from the devil, but when you, when you like teach Bible study, I mean, you're literally, you know, Jesus refers to the spirits that are gone out of a man. I mean, that vessel, I mean, you're literally apprehending that person in the sense of you're captivating their attention. And I mean, that's, that's the front line. It's the bottom line. It's the front line and the bottom line of, of soul winning. Um, yeah, you are going, you're going into the devil's territory and stealing some of his best sinners, yeah. and he's not going to like yeah. that. He's not like that, and he's going to fight. There's going to be a fight. Yeah, there's absolutely going to be a fight. I, I can't. I'm I'm convicted because I can't say I've ever said, you know what? I got this Bible study. I'm going to fast, and I think that's something I'm going to incorporate. Um, my my rule of thumb has always been one to two Bible studies per week and try to keep them high quality. At one point I was teaching like six Bible studies a week. So I guess if you fast before every single one of those, you're probably, <laughs> you won't, you won't have to do keto. <laughs> but um, there's definitely a spiritual element to Bible studies. There's so much that's going on. So um, you're pastoring in a, fairly i would say probably one of the most one of the largest metropolises in the united states san jose is a is a huge place um yeah how do you find teaching bibles do you find anything that's unique to dealing with people in in an urban environment um i know you mentioned that you like to teach bible studies at the church for instance because um it develops the habit of driving to church and trudging through Bay area traffic is, is no small feat. And so are are there other things that you've noticed that you do that's kind of specific toward kind of the lifestyle, the logistical way people, you know, just live? Yeah, absolutely. I think every case is different. Every uh, soul is different. If they, own a large house and you know uh, they they they're inviting and they want me to come over I will gladly go over if uh such is not the case in the San Jose area a lot of the people we deal with are living in two and three generation homes where grandma is living with them their niece is living with them so it's just almost impossible to get table time at their house and if we did there would be so many distractions so you know, of course, then gas prices have been up lately and, you know, just depending on what month it is, I suppose. Uh, so there's that challenge. There's always going to be a challenge. There never hasn't been one. And it just evolves to each soul. Are they comfortable going to the church? Can I meet them at a Starbucks near their house? I, I have an electric car, so I don't really pay for gas. So I'll, I'll drive anywhere and meet them. Um, and so sometimes it is at Phil's, sometimes it is at Pete's, sometimes it is at Starbucks. Um, it it's really depends on who it is uh, that, that we're working with, and that'll 
develop where we're going. Yeah, and I think that's what, you know, I'm from the Bay Area. I don't live in the Bay Area anymore. And so maybe for those people who are listening, there's always going to be, you know, we might discuss the things that happen in, in a urban context, but they, it might not be the mm-hmm. same, you know, somewhere else. It might not even be the same in another urban city. But I think you're right in that getting into someone's home in the Bay Area typically is, is I would say, rarer. It, it's, it's, I think it's sure. less frequently that, that those opportunities actually come by. Um, and it's just, a di- it's just a different social climate. But um, it does, I think those, those opportunities do, do manifest um, occasionally. So um, tell us a bit about, without going into details, I guess, some of your more uh, recent Bible studies and, and how they're going. And then um, maybe we'll start wrapping it up in a few moments. Okay. Um, well, right now I'm giving two Bible studies, one on Mondays, one uh, a little later today at four o'clock. Both of them are at the church. Uh, The first one is uh, with a single mother who her grandmother was one of our most endeared saints at the church. Uh, Her mother, uh, which is my age, she she left the Lord early. And so now the grandmother, or I'm sorry, the granddaughter of our saint that's with the Lord, she's coming, she's been coming to church because she has other family there that have always been witnessing to her. But uh, recently, you know, like most people, they come because they have a need. Uh, there's things going on in their life. So she's been coming. Uh, we connected her, connected with her. We love her. We're giving her Bible studies. And, and one thing I always do when I give a Bible study is I always buy them a Bible. Uh-huh. I'll tell them like, hey, what's your favorite color? I'll go on Amazon, pick it out. I'll buy it and I'll say, hey, I got a present for you today. And so we're giving her Bible studies. She's ready for baptism. We're, we finished the premarital counseling and now we're doing the marital counseling. We're, we're going over the aspects of holiness because she wants to know more. She wants to learn more. So uh, she's soaking it in and she's loving it. Um, the other study I'm given today is with a, uh, um, an engaged couple. Uh, we're trying to line up their baptism with their wedding. Uh, so probably in about three weeks, a little bit more, three or four more weeks, uh, I think they need some post-marriage uh, counseling as far as the theological things. They have a lot of questions, and I want to take my time with them. So that one's coming along great. I love it when when I love it when they turn the pages. I love it when they go to the front. They say, "Hey, Jen, you know Hebrews uh, page one thousand three hundred and fifty." And I love how they flip through back and forth. And and that's the one thing about Bible studies that you have to. You can't some I mean everybody's different, but you can't throw a thousand verses at them in one yeah. session. You 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 have to expect that they're not gonna know the Bible. Right. <laughs> they're gonna be and you don't get frustrated. You may have to jump over and flip it for them. And and you can very easily print it all out. Uh and, and I do, do that and I email it to them, but I love to hear the sound of the pages being touched and crinkled and I I love to hear and I love to I love for them to touch the word of God. Yeah, there's nothing like having someone they're almost like a blank slate and I mean the the pages of their bible are still stuck together. I don't think anything oh, yeah. beats that and just seeing them find out oh this is how you find a book in the bible. This is how this is how the verses work. Um I was teaching a bible study this week and there was a um a young lady 
And um, the, one of our scriptures was from Zechariah. And she said, just give me a moment. She said, I've, I've never even opened up that book yet, you know? And so you're right <laughs> in that, like, you have to, you, if you've been born and raised in church and you're, I mean, you could like, it's like, you could give them so many scriptures but it's like throwing a T-bone steak at a six-month-old baby. You know, you know, yeah, all no. they really need is like two or three ounces of milk, and it would blow their mind, and it would feed them, and it would fill them. Um, and so, those are always the best Bible studies. I did, I do notice that um, you have quite the Bible collection yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I'm building it up. How, how many Bibles would you say you have right now? Um, minimum 10, 10 or 12, nice. uh, the one that I've had for a while, then the new, I, I shout out to Bishop, uh, Williams from Fort Myers. Uh, he, he exposed me and he caused me much financial disorder <laughs> by teaching me the art of, uh, of, of, uh, premium Bibles, Schuyler and R.L. Oh, Allen man. Bibles and then rebinding Bibles, so he 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 he's cost me a lot of money. Yeah, I saw recently <laughs> that I think you got a rebind. Um, it looked really good. I really liked it. Yeah, that that's a, the Bible I took with me to CLC back in 1994. Yeah. Um, I just had it rebound. It's being mailed back to me. I should get it tomorrow. And and so I I I love that. That's my that's my yeah. hobby. Well, I mean, I don't do it. Somebody else does, but. I mean, there's just nothing more special than the Word of God. Why not? Why not encapsulate it in something that looks immaculate and beautiful? Something that you could pass on to your children. Yeah, I love a good Skyler. Um, that's what I kind of my daily reader right now is a Skyler uh, Trevoris. It's a single par uh, single yeah. column paragraph style. Really nice. Really easy to read. And um, yeah, I got my eyes on a few others, but as you said, it's a <laughs> don't want to put yourself in financial duress because some of, you know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, the wives, hopefully the wives aren't listening to this right now. I just put a deposit on another rebind coming I, I up. So. I might, I'll edit that out for you, brother. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyhow, um, if you have any parting words of wisdom you want to share with our listeners, most of our listeners are college and career age people who want to get out there and teach Bible studies. And part of the reason I think that I believe all things Bible study is, um, is catching some traction is people want to see the people that they look up to the most doing the things that they fear the most. And a lot of people want to teach Bible studies. They want to get out there and they, and they, and they want to share what they know, but they don't know where to begin. And it always helps when um, someone that they look up to, can share some words of wisdom in a podcast like this, like this or just expose them to the side of Bible study teaching that maybe they're not exposed to normally. But I want to give you an opportunity to just speak to the audience directly and, and maybe um, leave us with some words of wisdom. Thank you. Um, well, number one, em embrace the process because it is a process. Uh, embrace it. Um, number two, do not compare your journey with somebody else's journey or one that you've read in a book because it will never happen like you read in a book. Uh, it, number three, love people. If you don't love people, if you're, 
if you're just trying to hit a number so you could become ordained, uh, it's that's not that's not the spirit of evangelism. Love people, love, have a visual of hell and have a beautiful picture of heaven, and uh, chase those chariots, chase those chariots. Lo- love teaching and feel more comfortable sitting in front of somebody who's opening up the Bible for the first time more than you feel comfortable standing before hundreds of people at a church because you will have far more opportunities to give a Bible study than you will ever have to preach for most people. So that's what I would say. Wow. So true and so poignant and applicable. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you once again for being a gracious um, guest on All Things Bible Study and joining us for the second time. That's a different story. The audience, they'll never know. But... (laughs) But um, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today, and we hope you all have a blessed day.